We are holding by Perik Chav Zayin, chapter 27 of Shmuel Aleph. And as I told you last week, we're going to, Emir Sashem, finish, uh, finish the Sefer of Shmuel Aleph this evening. Um, and it is the continuation and ending of the difficult saga going on between Shoal HaMelech and David. Let me uh, mute everyone here for background noise. Uh, okay, everyone is muted, and you have the ability to unmute yourself to ask or comment, and please do. Um, so we're learning the difficult story of Shaul and David. We talked a number of times, and on the one hand, Shaul definitely was a tzaddik, um, definitely initially, um, and even till the end of the days, he definitely um, had the holiness and someone who was worthy of being um, Mashiach Hashem, anointed by Hashem to be the first Melech, the first king of Kuala Yisrael. And yet, because of certain sins that he did that we learned about, he was severely punished, and aside from the punishment of uh, ultimately losing the Malchus, the kingdom, he uh, clearly led a very, very conflicted life. And the Pasuk talks about the Ruach Rod, the negative spirit that would plague him. And even in the, just in the Pshat of the Psukim, we see how he's like really goes in and out of these bouts of this de- of depression, if you will, or something of that nature. And his ongoing battle with his son-in-law and the general, David HaMelech, is something that we see, and well, you know, he's trying to kill David Amalek, and then he makes up with him, and then again he tries to go um, after him. And this is something that, as we've seen, has been back and forth and back and forth. Um, in the last uh, parak in chapter 26, we read about the time that uh, Shaul was surrounded by his men, and they were chasing after David, and David was able to see how they were all they all fell asleep, some type of a you know miraculously induced sleep. And David is able to go and take Shaul's spear right from in front of him. And then David goes uh, out, you know, out of their camp, and he calls out to him, and he says, "Look, I could have killed you, but I, but I wouldn't kill you because I, because I have the highest regard for you and the highest respect for you." And it's at that point, and the end of Perichavav again, which we completed last week, where Shaul again says to David, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And Baruchata, blessed are you, Bini David, my son David, you'll be successful, and they part ways. And actually, this is the last time they're going to part ways. Again, the last uh, pasuk of Perik Chavav, chapter 26, it says, David went on his way, Shaul returned to his place. Um, and that's the last time that David and Shaul are going to see each other, as we're going to see tonight. So, what happens next? And let's, uh, again, it's, it's primary, primarily just a couple of really uh, you know, stories that t- take us to the end of the Sefer. Perich of Zion, chapter 27, we learn that David HaMelech says, you know what, this is ridiculous, this back and forth with Shoal, um, one day he's good with me, and one day he wants to kill me. David says, let me just leave, let me leave the uh, domain of the Melech, of the Jewish king, and I'll go live amongst the Plishtim. And the Shoal will stop looking for me, start, start searching for me. And that's what he does. He says, David leaves with 600 people, and he goes to Achish, the king of Gas. Now, interestingly, Achish, the king of Gaz, was someone who in the past, uh, you might remember a number of chapters ago, David once ended up by him, and Achish wanted to put him to death. And David uh, got out of it by acting like a Meshuga, by acting like someone who was insane. Um, and that's how he saved himself. But that's when he was coming alone. Here, David is coming with 600 men. And now already everyone knows that David has fallen out of the favor of King Shoal. So Achish, the king of uh, Gaz, looks at David as someone who rebelled in the Jewish king. 
So Achish, king of Gaza, says, well, if your bell's in the Jewish king, he's my friend. And that's how he perceived him. And that's how David uh, sort of uh, portrayed himself. He says, you know, at this point, I'm an, enemy, I'm, 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 a, I'm an enemy of the Jewish people. So could I live in your domain? And Achish, the king of Gaza, says yes. And in fact, David asks, maybe you can give me a little city, a place where me and my men could live. And Achish uh, invites him in. And, and again, in Achish's mind, again, Achish has an evil plishti uh, king, but in his mind, David is a rebel against the Jewish people, and he's really going to join ranks with him, and therefore he gives him, uh, you know, safe haven, and he invites him into his um, into his domain. And the Pasuk says, in Pasuk Vav, David stayed there for a year and four months. And as the Pasuk says, unbeknownst to Achish, during that time when David is there, David did wage many battles against the enemies of the Jewish people, the enemies of Hashem, and was victorious in all of them, but Achish never knew about it. David would wage battles against uh, wicked uh, people, or communities, uh, cities, and he and he just he made sure that there was no one left to uh, to pass it on. So David now, for now, is living in the lands of the Plishtim under Achish, and um, as far again, I'm being repetitious, but as far as Achish is concerned, David is a friend and a rebel against the Jewish people. That's the that's chapter 27. That finishes chapter 27. Okay, chapter 28. And chapter 8, we have a, a famous and somewhat spooky story. Um, it's the, uh, now the Plishtim again are gathering en masse to fight the Jewish people. And the reason now especially is because the big change now on the scene is Shmuel has passed away. Um, you know, we're learning what's called the book of Shmuel. But in last, um, in last uh, year, last week, we learned about the passing of Shmuel when Shmuel was 52 years old. And Shmuel was known as the Navi. You know, there was many Navi in that time, but he was the Navi of the generation. And once he passed away, uh, sort of the fear that others had from the Jewish people waned. So the Plishtim now are gathering to go to a war against Shaul and the Klal Yisrael. And this is really going to be the, the war that Shaul is going to die in, as we'll see. Um, now, one of the Plishtim who's going to participate in this war is Achish. Achish, the king of Gaz, who really is the host king to David HaMelech at this time. So he joins, he's going to join the battle against the Jewish people. So Achish invites David, he says, why don't you come join us? After all, you're a rebel, you rebelled against the Jewish people, you rebelled against Shaul HaMelech, we're going to war against the Jewish people, I'm inviting you to, um, to join us. And not only that, um, Achish says in, in, in Chavches, Chapter 28, verse 2, he says, you'll be Shomer Leroshi. You'll be my, uh, what's the word, how do you say Shomer Leroshi in English? You, you'll be my personal guard. Because you have to remember, David was, was famous as a as a warrior. And the Plushtim knew that very well. And so here, David is being invited to be the personal guard to the king of Gas in the war against the Jewish people. That's the ironic opener to this chapter. Now, back on the Jewish side, um, Shaul sees that the Plishtim are gathered, all of their armies and all their hosts against the Jewish people, and Shaul is deathly afraid. After all, um, he knows he's not in good graces now, not by Hashem, not, and not, Shmuel passed away. And he doesn't know who to turn to. Who is he supposed to ask? So it says he had some he had uh, some Nuvim around him, and he asked uh, through them to Hashem, didn't get an answer. He asked in dreams, Gamba Chalomos, uh, through using medium of dreams, didn't get answer. 
Gambuurim, Gambinivim. He tried all the spiritual mediums that normally were available to him, and Shaul was unanswered by Hashem. And the reason, as all Mepharshim say, is because Hashem was very, very upset with Shaul. After all, Shaul's greatest sin at the moment, I mean, you know, of course we had the sin of Amalek, um, that he didn't wipe out Amalek, but right now the greatest sin is he had killed out all the Kohanim. And we talked about that. The city of Nov and the Kohen Gadol Achimelech and Shaul had them all killed, put to death, because he was afraid. He felt that they were with David. At this point, Shaul really has fallen out of um, out of Hashem's uh, uh, good uh, graces. And therefore, Shaul is not receiving a response. He's looking for direction. He's beset by enemies that are much greater than he and his armies. And he doesn't know what to do. And here, Shaul is going to make another mistake. And that is, he's being that he's not getting any response from the regular spiritual forms that he did, he's going to try something else. And that is black magic. Um, in those times, there was, the Torah tells us about the Ov and the Yidoni. These were different forms of black magic, which there is a halacha, that we're not allowed to use them. Now, nowadays, I don't know if black magic does or doesn't exist. Um, I don't, I've don't. i definitely never encountered it. There are people who say that it does in some places in the world. It's definitely not something common. Um, thousands of years ago, it definitely was something common. And it's something that the Torah talks about a number of times and tells us that we should not be part of it. Uh, the Torah talks about a mechashef and a mechashefa. The sorcerers talks about the ov and the yidoni. All these were different forms of uh, negative spiritual powers. Right? There is holiness and there's forces of klipa. And those who knew how to tap into it were able to do real things with it. And yet, we have a mitzvah not to go there. But at this point, Shoal is so desperate that he feels he has to get a message. He has to know what to do. And therefore, Shaul asks those closest to him, try to find for me, is there anyone around who knows how to practice Ov? And the practice of Ov was the ability to communicate with the dead. And to really not only communicate with them, but to bring uh, the dead person back from the next world and communicate with them. And therefore, Shaul sets out to search for a man or woman who knows how to do Ov. Now the problem is that there was not many of them around. And the reason they weren't around is because Shoal had discontinued the practice. Shoal had decreed that anyone who practices over Yudoni would be put to death, as the Torah says. So Shoal himself is the one who really put them out of business. But nevertheless, Shoal sends his, uh, his most trusted servant and says, find out for me, maybe there's someone left. Is there a Baal Ov or Baal Yudoni? Are there any of them left? And they tell him, yes, you know what, there's a woman in the city called Endor, and she knows how to do it. And she's, uh, Shamal, she's uh, under the radar, and she was able to save herself, but we're able to get you in. So Shoal um, disguises himself, because he doesn't want anyone to know that he's the king, and he goes with two of his closest uh, servants, or men, or guards, and he comes to this woman in the middle of the night, and he says, I'm here, I need a service, I need a, uh, a, a service of the Ov, I need you to bring up someone who's passed on because I must speak to them. And the woman says, what are you kidding? She says, don't you know that the king Shoal has forbidden this and has sentenced to death anyone who's practicing this? How could I do this? I'm, I'm endangering my life. She doesn't know she's talking to Shoal. And Shoal says, he says, I swear to you that nothing will happen to you from this story. He says, okay. So she says, okay, who should I bring up? Who, should, who are we looking for? 
And he says, Shmuel, Shmuel Anavi. And she does it. So she does her work, whatever it is, and exactly how it's done. I'm sorry, I cannot uh, tell you here. But um, she calls, she brings forth the body, the figure of Shmuel. And interestingly, the Gemara tells us that the way Ov worked was that the sorcerer who brought up the dead person was able to see them, but not hear them. And the one who they were being brought for, or two, could hear and not see. Right? So the woman could see who it is, and Shoal could not see, but could hear the voice. So suddenly the woman screams out and says, she says, why do you lie to me? You're Shoal. And it's not clear how she know he was Shoal. So the Gemara says that, she, that normally in the uh, old profession, when, when one brings up a, a dead person, the person would rise feet first. But here Shmuel came head first. And the reason is because Kavod HaMalchus. With everything against Shaul, he was the king of Klal Yisrael. So Shmuel came back from the dead, or was brought up from the dead, and he came head first. And from that, the woman immediately understood that she was talking to Shaul HaMelch. So she says, why do you trick me, your Shaul? She thought he's probably trying to trick her, and, and he'll probably put her to death. Shaul says, don't worry about it. Tell me, what do you see? So she says, Elohim ra'isi oli min ha'aretz. Elohim is a, Elohim we use for Hashem, but Elohim also means great and powerful men. She says, I saw great and powerful men coming up. And here it's interesting, she said that in, in, um, multi, in uh, what's the word, plural, Elohim is plural, why two? And Chazal say, the Gemara says, Shmuel didn't come himself, he came together with Moshe Rabbeinu, very amazingly. Um, we'll see, perhaps I'll tell you soon why. But, she says, I see, I see Elohim coming from the Aretz. And Shaul says, what, is, what does he look like? And she describes, she says, he's wearing a certain cloak. And Shaul says, yes, that's Shmuel. Vayeda Shaul, Shmuel who? Shaul immediately knew that he is, that Shmuel is in the presence of Shmuel. Vayukod apayim artsa vayishtochu. And the end of Pasek Yudalit. Shaul bows before his master Shmuel. Shmuel says, why did you call me here? Why did you make me upset? To, be, to bring me up in this form, in this fashion. And Shaul says, what should I do? I'm so sorry, but I, I'm, I'm devastated. I don't know what to do. I'm being surrounded by the Polishtim. Hashem has, has removed himself from me, doesn't answer me through the Nevi'im, through the prophets, through the Chalomos. Whatever I do, I'm not getting any answers. And therefore, I had no other recourse. I needed to know what to do. So that's why I called, that's why I, I have you brought to me, Shaul tells Shmuel. Shmuel says, but says, but why are you calling me? He says, don't you realize Hashem has removed himself from you? And Hashem has done what he promised. He said that he, he'll take your malchus from you and give it to David because you didn't listen to Hashem in the story of Amalek. And at this point, he says, this is the end. He says, tomorrow you're going to go before the Plishtim and there's going to be that battle and you and your sons tomorrow evening are going to be with me. And the, and the Jewish battle, the Jewish uh, army is going to fall. It's interesting, he uses an expression, you're going to be with me. So on a simple level, what he's telling him is that you're going to die. That you and your sons tomorrow will die in the battle. But Chazal say that Shmuel also told Shaul that if you do tshuva tonight and tomorrow, tomorrow you will be with me in Ganeidim. Imi bimichitsasi, in the same place where I am in Ganeidim. And from here the Gemara says that although, as we've been reading these last number of chapters, there's tremendous critique against Shaul, and there's no question that he made a number of very terrible mistakes, at the same time, he was, he did have all those powers of Kedusha and Tzaddik that he was, 
And Shmuel is telling him that if you do tshuva tonight and tomorrow, and if you lead your army with uh, with um, with pride into battle, you are gonna t- you you will die, says Shmuel. But you'll be imi bimchitzasi. You'll be with me in Gan Eden tomorrow night. In fact, the Medrash says that Shaul says, "What if I escape? Can I save myself?" And Shmuel says, "Yeah, you can save yourself, but then you won't come to Gan Eden." If you don't accept the din of Hashem, if you don't accept the judgment that's that's destined over here, and if you don't leave your lead your army with gvura, with strength and with pride, then you won't come to Gan Eden. So for Shmuel really gave Shaul those two. Uh, he told him the two options: um, you can you can die in the battlefield nobly, leading the Jewish people, and then imi b'mechitzasi, and otherwise not. At that point, Shaul says Shaul falls to the ground. And he's, he's he's terrified, and he felt no he had no strength whatsoever. He hadn't eaten that day. He hadn't eaten the day before. He was fasting, and um, and Shmuel departs. The soul of Shmuel departs back to heaven. The woman t- sees that the shawl is on the ground and he's weak, and she says, "Eat something. I have some food for you." And he doesn't want. He says, "No." He says, "I have no, I have no need to eat. I have no reason to eat." But she, um, you know, he what well, he's because he's fasting and he's trying to do complete shuva, but she uh, persists. And she's able to bring him food and uh, meat and wine and so on. And she was able to revive him to some degree. Um, and uh, they ate, they went, they went back home on that, on that evening. So Shaul goes back and he knows that tomorrow is going to be the battle that's going to spell the end of him and his sons, as he was told by Shmuel Hamelah. Uh, by, by, by Shmuel Hanavi, that is. Okay. Perek Chavtes, chapter 29. Now, chapter 29, it's interesting how the Navi is taking us back. Let's go back to David. We're really going back and forth from David's camp to Shaul's camp. That's what we're doing here. So, where did we leave David? Um, we left David. Remember, David had left the Jewish um, domain. He's now with the Pelishtim. The Pelishtim are getting ready for this great war against the Jewish people. And we just discussed that David was sort of uh, hired... By the by, one of the Plishti kings to come join the battle against the Jewish people. Achish, Achish, the king of Gaz, um, uh, appointed David as his personal bodyguard in this battle. So that's where that's where chapter twenty nine, Perich Haftes, opens up, and it says that the Plishtim are gathering in, in Afeka, Afik, uh, and the Jewish people are on the other side of the battlefield in Israel, Israel. It says there's 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 hundreds and there's thousands of plishtim gathered for this battle, and David and his men, David and his six hundred men, are with Achish, that one of the plishti um, kings. So and here it happens something interesting. It says a number of the other plishti um, warlords or generals or kings, they see David Hamelach amongst their ranks and they turn to Achish and say, "What's he doing here?" And Achish says, he's with us, he's on our team, because he's rebelled against the Jewish people. And the other Plishtim say, we don't trust him. <laughs> How do you know he really rebelled? This is the David that they said about him, he fought so many battles against the Plishtim, he was so successful against us. How can we have him with our with us on our battlefield? He's the one that was praised as the one who was, you know, uh, conquering Plishtim right and left. So Achish calls David, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I have to ask you to go home. He says, I know that you're on my team and I know that you rebelled against the Jewish people, 
But my friends, you know, all the other police, they don't trust you. So I, I need you to go back home. And David tells Achish, well, I thought we were, you know, what, what, uh, what did I do against you? But Achish says, uh, it doesn't matter. He says, I can't do this. You have to go back to your, to your cities. And that's what happens. So in Pasuk Yud Aleph, the end of, it's a short chapter, Chavtes, chapter 29. David got up in the morning, him and his men, and they went back to where they were staying, to where they lived, which was in the domain of Achish, in a city, I don't remember if I said the name of the city, called Tziklog. So David goes back to Tziklog. But now, chapter 30, is we're still with David HaMelech. When David HaMelech comes back to Tziklog, he finds something very terrible, which is he and his men, the 600 men, had come with the plishtim to this battle, and they left Ziklog. While they were gone, other surrounding nations had raided the cities where he lived. They raided and plundered and destroyed and burnt down, and they took all the women and all the children as captives. Not just, not just all the David Amalek's wives also. David Amalek had two wives at this point, you remember. He had Avigail, right? Avigail, the wife of Novel, who we met last week. Um, in other words, the, the ex-wife, Novel, had died already. And then we had another woman um, that, and these were David Hamelech's wives. Um, Achinoam was the other wife, Achinoam Hayizraelis. And all David's two wives and the wives of all his men and their children, everyone was taken captive when David and his men joined Achish to that battle that was going to be against the Jewish people. So David and his men come back and they're devastated. They were so de- devastated. And it says that David's men, they wanted, to, they wanted to stone David. He took them into a battle and they left the families and everyone is gone. And then the Pasuk Vav, David strengthened his Amuna and Hashem. And what does he do? Vayomer David el Evyasar HaKohen. David turns to Evyasar HaKohen. Who is Evyasar? Evyasar is the Kohen Gadol. Evyasar is the son of Achimelech. Right? We'll recall, again, I think I'm going a little quickly because I'm trying to finish up here. But um, remember, David, uh, Shaul HaMelech had killed the city of Kohanim. The city of Kohanim, the Kohen Gadol was Achimelech. Of that city, there was one survivor, Achimelech's son Evyasar. Evyasar then had joined David HaMelech. And David HaMelech, and now he was the Kohen Gadol. And David HaMelech had promised him protection. So David HaMelech now turns to Evyasar HaKohen, and he says, bring me the ephod, bring me the uh, divine, uh, the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. Let's ask by Hashem what to do next. David David turns to Hashem, asks Hashem, should I chase after this um, these, uh, this, uh, this battalion, this, this group of soldiers that plundered our cities and that took our families, if I chase after them, will I be able to reach them? And Hashem says, yes. He says, chase after them and you will reach them and you will be able to save all your people from them. And that's exactly what happens. David and Melech goes with the 600 men and they come to, it says, it says how they went to the battle and they, they chased says 200 men stayed back and to watch their, their vessels and whatever. 400 were chased. And they meet a Ish Mitzri, a, uh, an Egyptian man in the field. Um, and they, they bring him in. And uh, the, the, the man is famished. They give him some food. And David says, who are you? Where are you coming from? He says, well, I'm a Nar Mitzri. I'm, a, I'm an Egyptian person. 
I was connected to the people from the city, from Amaleki, and I, I was part of this battle where they went and they plundered the city of Tziklag with the, the women, and we took everything. So David Amela says, I need you to show me those people. Will you show me those people? She says, yes, if you promise me safety, I'll show you the people. And the, basically, he, he brings them there and he shows them, and David Amelech and his men wage a terrible battle against these people that uh, captured all of the women and all the children. And David is able to save everyone from their hands. He's able to totally destroy these, uh, these uh, I say, murderers, marauding band of soldiers. And he's able to save his wives and the wives of all the people and the children. And it says, not even one person was missing. No one was missing, not the older, no, 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 uh, the, the boys, the girls, the women, everyone was there. And even the, uh, even the uh, bounty, the, the spoils of war, everything David was able to recover. And it says that David HaMelech brought it back, all the spoils and everything, and he returned, and he gave it, he gave everyone even parts. In other words, even the people that, the, the 400 people that went to the battle and the 200 people that were, that stayed back to guard the uh, the uh, their weapons or their their vessels, whatever it is, and because uh, we have there's some type of a debate over here. The soldiers say that we deserve that we deserve everything. We're the ones who went to battle, and David said no. It's all, it's going to be split up amongst everyone. And the pasuk says that this became a rule amongst uh, Klal Yisrael that whenever a battle was uh, was won and there were spoils of war, it would be equally divided amongst everyone who took part in the war, even though some were actually more involved in the battle and some less. But then David comes back to Siklog and he shears and he and he sends gifts to all the people that helped him. Throughout his whole, you know, all of his runnings away from Shaul, he was in this city and that city, and there were different people who sent him. And the Pasik, there's a number of Sukim here. Um Pasik Chavav, Chavzain, Chavches, Chavtes, Lamid, Lamid Aleph. He talks about all the places that David was in all of his uh, in all of these past few years when he's been running from Shaul, now that he was very successful in this battle. Um Against these uh, these uh, soldiers or these 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 uh, band these war bands, so now he's able to repay all of those who did him favors, and David sends all of them um, parts that uh, from the spoils of that battle, and that's the end of Perik Lamid chapter thirty, which brings us to the final chapter, final chapter, and uh, not a, this is the. It's, it's a the ending of Shmuel Aleph, not a happy ending. It's the end of Shaul Hamelach's Melucha. But this is how, as the, as the Navi tells us, Perak Lamedalah, chapter thirty-one. We return back to the battlefield now of the Plishtim against Shaul and um, and Klal Yisrael. Plishtim nilchamim bi Yisrael. The Plishtim were waging battle against the Jewish people, and vayenusu anshe Yisrael mepni Plishtim, the Jewish people were running from all sides from before the Plishtim, Vayiplu Chalolim, Bahar HaGilboa. In the Mount Gilboa, many, many of the Jewish uh, soldiers fell in that Mount Gilboa. Um, we're going to learn later, when I say later, I mean when, when we resume learning, Bezras Hashem, that David is going to curse Mount Gilboa, the curse of Mount Gilboa, because of this battle. Um, this was a terrible battle for the Jewish people, a terrible defeat for the Jewish people. And the Plishtim are really beating them. And yet Shaul and his three sons, who are, aside from the, the king and the three sons, are all mighty warriors, are fighting till the end. And they, especially according to the Medrashim, they were, they were literally losing you know, 10 to 1, but Shaul and his three sons fought like, like lions. 
But ultimately, the three sons were killed. As the Pasik says, in Pasik Bey is Yonason. Yonason, who was that close, close friend of David HaMelech, who made the covenant with David HaMelech, he fell in this battle. And Avinadov and Malkishua, we don't know much about these people, or at least I don't, but these were the three sons of Shaul. All of them fell during this battle. And the battle got even more intense, and now they were all centered around Shaul. All the Plishtim, they knew where Shaul was fighting, because Shaul was, again, a, tre- a, a, a tremendous and courageous warrior, and he was fighting with everything he had. And the Plishtim saw that that was the area, and they put all of their intense efforts there, and they brought in the uh, archers, those who were able to shoot from far arrows, so they should be out of Shoal's reach. And Shoal now is surrounded by the Plishti archers who are, who are trying to kill him. And Shoal sees that the end has come. And he says, he's, uh, he has one, uh, it's called Nosei Caleb, the one who carries his sword, um, his personal bodyguard attendant. And Shoal says, please, take your sword and kill me. Because I don't want that they should, because if they come, they're going to already, they're going to try to torture me, then they're going to take out all their revenge. I want you to kill me. Shaul tells his bodyguard. And the bodyguard will not do it. Will not kill his king, his master. So Shaul says, takes his sword, his own sword, and puts it on the sticks into the ground and falls on top of it. And that's how Shaul dies. When Shaul's bodyguard sees that Shaul died that way, he did exactly the same thing. And he died as well. And therefore, on that day, as the Pasuk says, Pasuk Vav, Vayamos Shaul, Shlish, as of Shaul, and his three sons died, Venusei Kalov, and their, their bodyguards, and all the people that surrounded them all died together on that day, on that Mount Gilboa. As soon as that happens, the Jewish people hears the king is killed, his sons are killed, they realize it's over, and everyone scatters, the war is over, the Jewish people scatter into hiding back to their homes. The war was over with a tremendous defeat uh, to the Plishtim. Um, the Plishtim actually didn't have Shaul HaMelech, though. They didn't know exactly where he was. They, they knew the war was over. The next day, Pasuk has, the next day the Plishtim came, they went through, They were going through all the dead and going through everything uh, you know, everything on the battlefield, and they found Shaul and his sons. So the Plishtim now celebrate. It says that they de- decapitated Shaul, they cut off his head, and they took it as a trophy, and they hung it up on the wall in front of their city, um, and they proclaimed it a day of, uh, of uh, praise for their idols who in their mind was their idols, who was able to bring the downfall of Klal Yisrael. Now, all the way back in the beginning of Sefer Shmuel, when Shaul, the beginning was the first act, if you recall, we learned it maybe three or four or five weeks ago, the first great courageous act of Shaul HaMelech, when after Shmuel made him king, was there was a group of people from Yavish Gilad, Jewish people from the tribe of Menashe, who they were told that by uh, by an evil king Achish, she says that all of you have to um, uh, if if you want me to if you want to be my servants you have to cut uh, you have to remove um, poke out your right eye. Again, we learned this a number of Prakim back. And Shaul then came to their um, he says I'll take care of it and he came and he saved all of them and he defeated them in battle. So now the pasuk says those people. They heard the shawl fell in battle, and they heard the shawl now was being shamed publicly. His head was hanging by the wall. They said, the king who helped us, who saved us, how can this happen? And they went, and he says they traveled all day and all night, and they went with a group, and they uh, made a surprise, uh, came in as a surprise, and they took shawl's body and the body of his sons from that um, place of embarrassment that the Plishtim had hung it, and they brought it back to their place, to their town. They burnt all the um, clothing of the king and all the things that the king had, and they um, buried Shaul and his sons in, um, in the area where they lived. 
and they proclaim the fast day for Ask Hashem for Rahmanas for seven days, and that's how they paid the last honor to Shaul Melech Yisrael. And that's how the Sefer Shmuel Aleph finishes with those words, Vayetzumu Shivas Yamim, they fasted for seven days, and they proclaimed that a seven-day fast day. Um, that's the end, that's Perik Lamad Aleph, the end of Shmuel Aleph. Um, as we go, I'm sorry? Sure. The people from Yavish Gilad. The Yavish Gilad is it's a city. And they were from the tribe of Menashe. They were from the tribe of Menashe. Um, in the Midrashim it says that Hashem said some very beautiful things then about those people that with Mesiris Nefesh went to uh, bring out the kavod for the king and says that their reward is greater than can, than can be enumerated. It says by Chiyas Amesim they'll still be receiving reward for that courageous act of saving the um, kavod and bringing the kvura of Shaul of Melech Yisrael. Um, and that's the end of Shmuel Aleph. Um, it really sort of finishes in the middle of a story because in the beginning of Shmuel Beis is where David HaMelech hears about this a couple of days later and David HaMelech composes a beautiful um, eulogy and mourning for Shaul. But that's already a Perik Aleph and Beis of Shmuel Beis. And again, um, Be'ezrus Hashem, I look forward to beginning from Shmuel Beis, I hope, when we when we continue our shir, which most likely will be after the summer. So I, um, with this we'll conclude. Baruch Hashem, we were able to finish together this year three Sfarim, the Sefer of Yehoshua, and Shoftim, and Shmuel Aleph, which are the three first Sfarim of Nevi'im. Um, I was looking back at our uh, at the Shiurim, and I see that we did on Yehoshua, we did five uh, Shiurim, and on Shoftim we did seven, and on Shmuel we did ten. So together there's 22 Shiurim, Chav which is a special Chavbeis uh, is the Chavbeis Oisius Atayra, the twelve, the twenty-two building blocks of Torah. So it's um, really been for me a pleasure to learn Torah with you every week. Can I, can, can I ask a question? Of course you can. Okay. Uh, first, uh, you said you were going to tell us why um, Shmuel's brought back.